Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Lara Samara. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. So today we are bringing you an interview with Dr. Sarah Schnitger. She's a psychology professor at Fuller Seminary. Her particular emphasis specialty is gratitude. Yeah, we call her a SME, which is a subject matter expert. And well, just, we, we call her that because she was on a project of ours. We love calling. Not, not everybody calls her that. <laughs> I just like saying the word SME. Anyway, here's her interview. All right, everybody, we are here at Fuller Theological Seminary, and we are in the Department of Psychology. We're sitting with Dr. Sarah Schnicker. Yes. <laughs> um, and we wanted to bring her on our podcast to talk specifically about gratitude. It's her field of study. She is what we call a SME, a subject matter expert on gratitude. And we just kind of wanted to bring her in and talk about how gratitude plays into relationships and how relationships can be maintained with gratitude. Just to start us off, why is gratitude important? Gratitude is really important, I think, for all of our social relationships, not just dating or marriage. Um, That gratitude is kind of the oil or grease of relationships in many ways. So... What is, I mean, I think it's helpful to think about what is gratitude to start with, right? Gratitude is recognizing that someone else has benefited me, that I'd not necessarily owed this benefit, and that they had really good intentions and wanted to do something for me. And so in relationships, especially romantic ones, having that kind of understanding of your interaction with someone else can really lead to a positive cycle. So let's say I go home. I'm married, my husband, I'm very grateful to him, as I should be studying this topic. Mm -hmm. But let's say he's decided to do the dishes. (laughs) This might actually be his assigned chore in our house, but if I'm grateful that he did this, that recognizing he doesn't have to do this, he chose to do this Mm -hmm. because he loves me. That suddenly, every time I go home and dishes are done, this is a positive way to build up our relationship for me to be grateful for that and to actually say thank you. Mm-hmm. As opposed to not having that stance of gratitude, I can think, well, I'm owed this. This is his job. I miss out if I have that appraisal of the situation. I miss out that, oh, I can recognize all the ways he's serving me and realize all the ways he loves me <laughs> right. that I wouldn't notice if I didn't have this gratitude framework. And so, and recognizing that, I don't necessarily deserve this. There's nothing that right. says someone has to do dishes for me. <laughs> right. So that that plays a little bit onto like expectations within relationships mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about um, managing expectations and a healthy way to talk about that in relationship? Yeah. With anybody really. And I think I mean I think gratitude's interesting because I think some people look at it and think, oh, you could become the doormat because you don't expect anything. Mm. That's not the case here. Mm-hmm. I think gratitude. You could have very high expectations. If you ask my husband, if he doesn't do the dishes, there's also a conversation that yes, happens. Exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't say that I don't recognize that this is also part of our agreement, mm-hmm. kind of, of how we distribute work. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of recognizing both sides that we do have expectations for each other, 
but realizing that the person is freely giving a gift when they meet those expectations, mm -hmm. that the other person is an autonomous individual who doesn't have to do, he's not subject to my will. Right. <laughs> right? And I think right. a lot of times in dating, it's easy to kind of merge with the other person or think they're there to serve you mm -hmm. and to have entitlement. Mm -hmm. um, and this sense that I'm the key here, <laughs> it's about me. And that just doesn't lead to a good dating relationship sure. or a good marriage or friendship, right? right? This is healthy relationships say, this is about both of us. And really, it's also about what I like to call the relational us. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of this idea, right? But therapists will talk about this, that there's <laughs> the two people in the relationship, but then this kind of us that emerges out of that and that you really want to foster the sense of us-ness and it almost becomes a third person. <laughs> like talking in the we. Like talking the we and who are we? Like, I don't like football, <laughs> but we like football <laughs> and we um, might do right. things. And that by fostering this we, or my husband does not like ballet, but maybe we do. Um, <laughs> and there's something there about creating a we. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's something we do that neither of us actually does that much individually, right? And sure. so that this having this idea of a we and even being grateful that we're both contributing to that keep us from becoming a war of who's entitled to what and who gets to expect more. And it becomes less of a tally of right. me and well, you and who's giving more. And it's about both giving. Sure. I mean, biblically, obviously, there's this thing about the oneness. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a, this is a whole other episode to talk about, but if you're talking about egalitarian versus complementarian mm -hmm. as well, which, you know, I'm sure we'll cover <laughs> in a different topic. Yeah, the oneness, the, the we, that's interesting. It becomes this third entity where you have to kind of cater to it and kind of, it's not about me or you separately. It's if you talk about the football or ballet, right. like, maybe we like it, but you don't like it, which right. is hilarious. So within relationships, what is a good way to not be the doormat, but also how is a good way to express your gratitude by, by more than just like a thank you? I mean, what yeah. are other ways to do that? Well, I wouldn't downplay the importance of a thank you, first of all. Sure. Okay. I mean, I think I really intentionally try to say thank you for all the small things. Mm -hmm. right, thank you for doing the dishes. Oh, thank you for going to the store. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I think, and actually feeling it, right? It's not just the saying it, because yeah, I have to say, it's not, mm -hmm. it's not say please, like you mm -hmm. say to little kids, say sure. thank you. It's yeah. not just rote. But when I say it, to actually be like, oh, I'm very grateful for that. So to actually... Mm -hmm. Embody. Say it and mean it, embody it, and take yeah. the moment to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, um, and trying to find the new things. <laughs> so maybe I always notice this, but what else can I appreciate? Mm -hmm. I think, too, something in a relationship um, is also, I think, as a couple, kind of when you're out on a date or spending, like, the quality time together, not mm -hmm. the day-to-day -day kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but make part of your conversation at dinner like what are you grateful for about our relationship or mm. what have you noticed that we're doing or the way we're acting in the world so what are you grateful more. for exploring more mm. like because it's pretty cool to start to notice well wow, I'm really grateful for the way you handled that situation and it alleviated my emotion like just building those positive emotions through gratitude can 
you think like you're about your relational piggy bank, right? Sure. When you have conflicts, it might draw a little bit on that sure, overall bank account, yeah. but you can really fill it up a lot with the gratitude. <laughs> sure. And the person knows how much they're appreciated. And I think along with gratitude often comes respect. Mm, when I was talking point. earlier about the gratitude also notices that the other person doesn't owe you this thing mm-hmm. and that they have their own free will. Yes. <laughs> so yes. when you actually are grateful to them, you're also saying, I recognize that you make decisions mm-hmm. separate from me. And mm-hmm. so I think by expressing those things intentionally, it helps build up that reserve yeah. of positivity. And there's that sense, like you talk about, not you specifically, but people talk about the five love languages and affirmation, words of affirmation. I feel like it's it's not necessarily my strong suit, but as I have been in um, just thinking more about gratitude and just really mm-hmm. taking stock of what I am grateful for about people or just about my life in general mm-hmm. and like speaking those things, I think there's something to be said about that because it does reinforce, you know, what do I like about my partner or my yeah. friend or whatever it yeah. is. And that's not just good to remind yourself, but your the person that you want to relate to. Yeah. So that's I, awesome. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, I think something I think can be really powerful is even if it's not actually, I'm not saying what I'm grateful for in you, but what am I just grateful for in my life? Yeah, so I'm just practicing absolutely. this gratitude exercise about the external things to mm-hmm. the relationship. There's interesting things that happen when you actually feel grateful. Like you find that people's heart rates will actually kind of synchronize. Oh, that's cool. The science around this is still a little iffy, so I don't want to make too big of claims. But (laughs) there's some initial evidence that it's one of the quickest ways to get your own kind of biorhythms to be Hmm. kind of synchronized and then actually to have kind of concordance with the person you're with. And so I've found simple as like game Let's do the high-low game together as a couple at dinner each night. What was the highlight of your day? Mm-hmm. What were you grateful for today? What mm-hmm. maybe was a hard point? And I think including that hard point is also important because gratitude sure. isn't just saying nothing bad happened. Right. It's not a vacuum. It's not a vacuum. Yeah. And what often happens, too, is once you start with the gratitude, sometimes when the hard things come, if you're already in the gratitude mindset, you might be able to reframe some of those negative things. But, oh, even in that awful situation today... Mm-hmm. So, oh, I got in a car accident, and I'm going to owe all this money. But there was this really nice stranger who came and helped me. Or you start to notice, even Mm -hmm. in the negative situations, the good things that happen. Right. Living in L.A., I feel like it's it's a great place to uh, practice this because Mm -hmm. I feel like there's just so much strife and just like the grind. You know, we're all Mm -hmm. stuck in traffic, and we hate the traffic, and we're all just kind of trying to make things work in mm-hmm. our daily lives and it's just like such a struggle right right like, taking stock of what can I be grateful for in the moment even in the low points I think that is very important to bring up and can you talk a little bit about people that are ungrateful just generally I mean those are the people yeah. you would definitely want to avoid being in relationship with yeah I was gonna say this especially when you're dating yeah. I always yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I teach a class here at Fuller on dating and interpersonal relationships and marriage. And we actually spend quite a bit of time talking about dating. (laughs) And I always say dating is crucial because you actually can say no at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Once you're married, you're kind of stuck with the person. Mm -hmm. Um, Dating is the time to actually be evaluating. And 
you always want to be, I think even for dates, be very grateful for what they do offer, mm -hmm. but also be very wise. And if you notice this person's never grateful to other people. Yeah. Because <laughs> there is a dispositional gratitude that people have. Disposition, that's Yeah, so we have a disposition. Mm -hmm. That some people are generally more grateful than others. Some people are grateful for a wider variety of things than other people. The good news is that I think this is a disposition that can change. So that is good. <laughs> I think people, it's actually not that hard if someone wants to become more grateful that they can. Mm -hmm. But do they have that desire? <laughs> right. We all know we shouldn't be dating the person we hope they be, but the person they are. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So you don't be like, oh, they'll get more grateful once we're married. That's a bad, yeah, I think the general <laughs> bad assumption. Is, yeah, don't. <laughs> they'll probably get less positive. Right. I mean, I've, I've heard like just over the years, you know, like old married people, yep. not old married people, but people that like try to give the single young people advice, yeah. you know, like whoever they are now, like they, they're basically set in their ways, Exactly. you know, so who they are now, they're not going to change after you put that ring on. And, and then just going back into uh, just dispositionally how people treat other people, there's that test that is such a cliche, but it's like, look at the person and how they treat their server at the right. restaurant. Like, are they going to be complaining all the time or are they going to actually be grateful that this person is serving them? And yep. maybe, you know, we're all human. We're going to make mistakes. Like, how do they react to like a wrong order, for example? You yeah. Know? And I think that is really telling with how just a person is and are you going to bound yourself for life with yep. this person and I think that's a great example too right because the server at the restaurant you could see yourself as entitled to that service mm. I'm paying for this right Right. I deserve it I don't have to thank this person Right. this is what I'm owed as a customer mm -hmm. and are they naturally grateful even for that service right yeah. whereas if you have a more grateful disposition it's like yes I guess I am paying for this service but this person also is choosing to do it in a way that is kind and generous. Yes. Like, hopefully. And then hopefully, <laughs> yeah. we've all had bad servers, but sure. it often also depends on how you approach the server, right? right. And then it's you also elicit. perspective, the yeah. fact that you are there and able to be at a restaurant and you know I mean, eat with whoever you eat, are. Right, and be served. Yeah. That, that's a real luxury we take for granted. Mm -hmm. And I think too, right, how they treat the server might be how they start to treat you later on mm -hmm. when they're like, well, you've been with me forever. You have to be here. Mm -hmm. It's your job in our relationship to do whatever it is, right. to do the cooking or the dishes. Right. Or, I mean, whatever these household right. duties are mm -hmm. or to work hard and bring home money. I mean, right? it's easy to become entitled sure. to the good gifts that we have. And so it's, the server is kind of a nice test. Do yeah, they see themselves I, I think as I've entitled? Heard, um, see how he treats the server, and see how he treats his mother. Yep, you know, <laughs> always because like, you can always see if he's she's, he's taking her for granted, and kind of sees her the mother as kind of like the servant. Like, yep. you know, I'm home now cook for me and do my laundry and all exactly. that. Exactly. No matter how old they are, it's very funny yep. how that still works, uh, <laughs> no matter what age. I actually wanted to go back to a tangential topic mm -hmm. about our many choices. Now, we're talking yes. about choosing a spouse or choosing a partner in life, yeah. and it just seems like we live in this age where you know, swipe left, swipe right. And there's like all sorts of online apps that can help you find your mate. And like, it's never been so prevalent in the many ways that we can find somebody. Right. So how does that play into the culture of gratefulness or lack thereof? Right. Right. We have more choices than ever, mm -hmm. but I think many of us are less satisfied than 
ever once sure. people choose their mates. So something seems to be off here. Right. In I mean, this it's equation. supposed to be co- correlation, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't know what's going on exactly. <laughs> There's lots of cultural things that have shifted sure, that course. I think make relationships really, really difficult today, more so than they've been historically. Mm-hmm. But I think this idea of having unlimited choices mm. that a lot of the new technology brings to people mm-hmm. actually undermines <laughs> satisfaction um, mm. with relationships. There's a psychologist at Swarthmore College, Barry Schwartz, who's done a lot of research on what he calls the paradox of choice. Mm. And qu- many research studies showing the more choices you give to people, so I'll give you three options versus 10 options. Mm-hmm. People who had 10 options are actually less satisfied with the option mm. they choose. And they come to regret all those oh, other yes. options they weren't able to take advantage of. Right? And I mean, this plays out in so many contexts. Oh, yeah. This is why people, this is why I love Trader Joe's. There's one salad <laughs> dressing, right? There's one type. Right. There's not 20 types of peanut butter, right? right? That, and so you're just happy with the one you've got because... You have something. You have something. And you don't spend all this time trying to find the perfect one, yes. right? Which I think when people have a lot of choices, there's this implicit kind of assumption comes that, well, I should be able to find the perfect choice with all these options. Sure. Um, but there's no perfect partner. <laughs> right. We're all flawed human beings. And I think that it's harder to be grateful when you approach your dating as a shopping experience. Right? So that I've got to go. <laughs> but but that's what a lot of these technologies can do, right? It's true. Is I'm going to find the best match that I can mm-hmm. for myself mm-hmm. that meets my needs. Mm-hmm. It's all about <laughs> and you. And the best product and... Product. Oh, right? Awful, right? Awful, awful. Right? And so it starts to look at other people as commodities oh, instead terrible. of individuals, right? Yeah. And so dating can become very harsh. I mean, I think we need to make decisions in dating, but sure, it just becomes a shopping experience. And the problem with that is that you miss out on the human being there. Yeah. And even if after a couple dates with someone, this isn't really going to work, if it's not a shopping experience and it's more an encounter with another human, mm-hmm. you can say, well, what have I learned from them? And yeah. what can I be grateful for from this experience mm-hmm. instead of... I'm frustrated, another imperfect product I have to return, right? right? I mean, I think there's a way um, that instead dating can be approached as a way to learn about yourself and other people can teach that to you Mm -hmm. when you date them, that you can learn new things through all these different people you're dating and trying to find ways to be grateful, even if this person doesn't become a long-term partner, that... Oh, I was really grateful for what happened there. I mean, in the end, it's because, um, you know, there are people that don't like the whole idea of, like, dating a lot of people just to find yourself. I mean, I'm sure that's not what you meant. No. Yeah, but it, it, I think it is a good idea to keep that in mind and to I'll, I'll always, always offer mutual respect to that other person. Exactly. And respect them by not, 
you know, like, there's we're, there's another episode where we talk about, like, boundaries and obviously keeping those yeah. in mind. But when you talk about the shopping experience, I, it just it just makes me cringe just because, of course, I mean, that's what online apps have done. I'm not saying that online apps are completely useless or... No, I think online dating can be really useful. I mean... Absolutely. Because there's mm-hmm. some positives to it. Oh, absolutely. It might help you focus on things that are more mm-hmm. internal, perhaps, about the person, sure. not just their physical appearance sure. perhaps, perhaps or not yeah. but you know um, <laughs> yeah. you can meet anybody anywhere whether it's a right. bar or a church or, or you know or online and it's really what you do afterwards exactly right? am i just viewing this person as i'm going to evaluate them and decide if they are mm-hmm. going to meet my needs or not or am i going to view them as a person who has something to offer mm-hmm. just by giving me some of their time mm-hmm. is actually offering me a gift yeah even if it doesn't work out in the end. Yeah, I love that. And just being grateful for the moments that you do have and what you can learn from that person. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of close up, what would you say is important to maintain a relationship? I mean, with regards to gratefulness or otherwise, what advice would you give <laughs> single people? Single people. As or even married people. I mean, people... Oh, I think are, married people need it too. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. Um, and people in relationship. I mean, what is the thing or things that we should keep in mind as we foster relationships and and try to think more about gratitude or other things. Yeah, well, I think, I have to say, I mean, I'm deeply grateful for my marriage. I have a really amazing husband, so I did choose well. (laughs) That was, that's part of it, is choosing well. But I think something that really, for our relationship, for sure, but we know from research and my observations of other relationships is that we always talk about communication. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, communication is really important, but I think it's not just the communication of ideas or words, but the emotions that are shared okay. in the relationship, right? So what you say is important, but it's the fact that you also have this honest emotion with it, okay. right? So just saying you're thankful when you're really not mm-hmm. is inauthentic, and right. relationship partner is going to pick up on that very quickly. Sure, yeah. And so I think that authentic emotional sharing and safety is really crucial, both with the positive emotions, mm-hmm. right? You need healthy relationships have five positive kind of expressions per every one negative expression in conflict. Wow. Right? And those are normally emotionally charged mm-hmm. expressions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, research by John Gottman tells us this. And that's in conflict. When you're arguing, oh, no. can we have five positive things happen? So whether it's touching the person's hand mm-hmm. or making a joke to relieve mm-hmm. the tension or mm-hmm. even just smiling for mm-hmm. a moment. Like, so we know that the positive emotions are key. So you've got to yeah. foster those. But it's also crucial that you do have the honest expression of the negative emotions mm-hmm. um, in a way that isn't accusatory sure. <laughs> or critical of the other person, but where you really can share what is hard. So I gave the example of the dishes earlier, right? Yeah. Right. So I'm always trying to be really grateful when my husband does do them every day. And then when he doesn't or a couple days have gone by, I'm like, hmm, we're not holding up your end of the bargain, not letting that resentment sit mm-hmm. and not just oh, here he goes. He's mm-hmm. instead bringing it to him immediately. Say, hey, I thought this was our agreement. <laughs> I'm a little upset. And maybe making a joke, I mean, figuring out what yeah. the best way within sure, sure, that sure. couple to communicate is. But actually having the hard conversation, 
before it becomes a really hard conversation. So when it's say, still small, right. talk about the negative emotion. I'm a little annoyed right now. A little annoyance is a, a lot easier for a partner yeah. to deal with than I'm angry. I'm, I'm angry and you never do that. You right? these things right. like never and always. Yeah, that means things. you didn't work on it when it was a small problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the key there too is that both partners have to be open <laughs> mm. to hearing honest expression do you have a and formula, responsive. Formula for that? Just kind of, I, I've heard of the love sandwich before you know you start with something good you talk about the hard thing yeah like do you have any other advice of I mean I think my view of this is not so much about the words Hmm. right because I could still do that and be really harsh right it's it's about the emotional quality the tone of voice the facial expression the really more the nonverbals than even the verbals. And it's actually my own, managing my own emotions before I bring it up, mm. right? It's that, okay, I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I get myself to as low as possible of my level of frustration before I express it? <laughs> Instead good. of coming in, not working myself up, but trying to start, we kind of, we call it a soft startup. Okay. And you actually find this is really key for women in a lot of relationships. Okay. Um, You do find some gender differences here, right? So in most relationships, women are, and I'm generalizing, this is not always the case, but we do find that women have the tendency to initiate conflict more. Okay. Both people can, but oftentimes the woman. And you find that one of the best predictors of what's going to happen in this conflict is how intense the woman is when she starts it. Right? Is it, mm. oh, you never put the toothpaste in the drawer. So I'll be like, I'm the toothpaste. I'd really like to be in the drawer tonight. <laughs> I mean, it's so stupid, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's low key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's saying the criticism. Sure. But it's fun and silly. But it's fun and silly yeah. versus, <sighs> yeah. Can't you put this toothpaste away? Right. Right? I mean, that's yeah. a very different. And neither one of them did I say, honey, I really love you. I mean, because sure. those formulas often fall out of the way when you're sure. actually upset. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> but it's about regulating your own emotions. That's good. Recognizing the other person has good intentions, right? I think that's a key here is that we're on the same team. Right. And if I've been practicing gratitude all along, I've actually recognized all the ways you have been on my team, right? And that we've that's been good. working together, right? That's so good. it's a lot easier if I have that gratitude practice firmly in place so that when you do something that is hurtful. I can start from the place of we're on the same team. Obviously, you just need a little reminder. Yeah. Not you do this all the time. You do this all the time. You want you and or you don't care about me yeah. or right. That's I think and that's where the gratitude as a constant practice in the relationship can really help because the gratitude helps you to realize this person does care about me. Right. It helps you to recognize all the ways they do that tangibly Good. and for them to hear it yeah. and then and I think jumping to gratitude more but right when i express it then typically what that leads is to the other person to also be grateful Hmm. right so one person can actually change the relational dynamic by starting to practice gratitude that's good a lot of the other things you need to do in a dating or marital relationship Hmm. both people really have to be on board to start it yeah right especially if it's around managing conflict or but gratitude if one of you starts it and does it consistently you'll often find 
the other one receives. Naturally, we'll perhaps start to do it as well. I manage a team of graduate student researchers in my workplace. And it was really cool this year to see one of my team members, just on her own, started creating a culture of gratitude in the group. So every time someone did a task that she had asked them to do, she'd send out an email to the whole group thanking them publicly. That is and nice. And then it was amazing as she would do it, but then started everyone else started to do this practice too. And this team created some really positive relational currency. That's cool. <laughs> and people actually noticed what other people did. Because it's very easy when you're working hard to say, I'm working harder than everyone else. Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah. But everyone actually noticed what everyone else did and felt appreciated. And so one person on their own can, That's so just by cool. starting, right, you don't have to get the other person to buy in right away. Right. You just start doing it. And it that. can change it. Well, that is a great note to end on. Just... Practice gratitude, everyone, and yes. it'll come back to you. Yeah. All right, so we just heard from Dr. Sarah Schnitker here at Fuller Theological Seminary, and we are very grateful for her time spending with us. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you on the other side. So gratitude. Yeah. I, I love gratitude. I do love gratitude. (laughs) So for those listening, Mary Ashley and I were in what we call a digital lab with a company or an organization called Act One. And we basically had these gratitude experts come in and teach us about gratitude so that we could integrate it into a larger project that required a a writer's room. And what came out of that was a web series that was written. Um, We wanted to emphasize gratitude as a theme and so Dr. Schnitker mm-hmm. was our SME. Or one of them. It was one of them. We loved hearing about how gratitude plays into our lives. And there's a direct correlation between gratitude and happiness mm-hmm. even. Yeah. And I thought, we both thought that it would be a really great topic to talk in the context of relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, with the the crazy statistics of people splitting up these days it's it's just a wonder you know I just wonder if it's just we're victims of our own generation where we have this and this is not I don't want to downplay anybody that has been through a divorce or an ugly breakup or anything you know there's a lot of factors of course but just generationally I feel like we live in this age where we feel so privileged we feel um, entitled. Entitled is the yeah. word that I was looking for. Um, and we have, again, per our previous episodes, we talked about having so many choices and that leading to dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. And I wonder where gratitude's place really is. If there is this correlation between gratitude and happiness, where is our gratitude? It comes into relationships, whether it's our friendships or our romantic relationships or even our family dynamics, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's so easy for us to stray off the path of being truly grateful for what we have and not envying what we don't have from other people. Yeah. And, of course, that all plays. It's all out in the ether. There's context for everything, of course. There's other factors all the time playing into that but what I loved about her was that it it could be as simple as saying thank you and Mm -hmm. I love that she said to not downplay yeah actually expressing 
the words. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of really good things. And um, I was so grateful, (laughs) grateful (laughs) that she gave us some time. Yeah. And I really like what she said, too, about understanding that even if someone has said that they will do something, that you're still not owed that. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to get bitter because you perceive that someone is owing you something and they're not delivering. Yes. You know, when she was talking about the dishes, Mm -hmm. I, of course, was thinking about the movie The Breakup, Mm -hmm. about the whole, but I just want you to want to do the dishes. And every time I hear about things about being grateful or wanting to do something for somebody else, I think about that scene, that, that fight that they have. But yes, I love that she brought that up. Like, even if this is an agreement, it's we're, we're entering into some kind of exchange of services within a covenant, whatever. But she still talks about, like, that is not owed to me. I'm doing this because I love you. And in yeah. a lot of ways, that is attributed to God's characteristics as well. Yeah. You know, we are not owed anything by God. He just yeah. loves us. Yeah. And we do things, quote unquote, do things for God, not because we're trying to earn anything, but because we recognize how grateful we should be to a God that has given us so much. Right. And we do things out of our love for him. And I love that. I love that we are talking about being servant-hearted for one another. And it's not about submitting in that old-school way of, you know, the little wife needs to do exactly what the husband... No, it's, it's a partnership. And we can talk about the differences of egalitarian versus complementarian in a whole different episode but just this whole thing of like the we we are Mm -hmm. on the same team yeah we are trying to accomplish the same thing presumably raise a family or you know just get the chores done just get the chores (laughs) done like keep our home happy and healthy and prosperous and clean and we're doing this for each other and the more i serve you you know it's going to help me because i'm helping in this team you know it's for us as an entity and I love that she talks about the we being this kind of third entity in the relationship Mm -hmm. because it's no longer just you or just me I love how she uses like maybe I don't like baseball but we do but we (laughs) love baseball (laughs) which I think is hilarious yeah your relationship can have a character of its own yeah, which I think is great. And I, I really do love what she talked about, about um, not seeing people as commodities. And, mm. you know, we did our grandparents episode last week. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, that is one of the major differences mm-hmm. between then and now. That they didn't have this vast internet presenting mm-hmm. people options to them. <laughs> oh, God. Because it yeah. really does feel like they're shopping sometimes. I know. I mean, there's the derogatory, the meat market term, yeah. right? Yeah, we're also going to do a whole episode on internet dating. But as far as the shopping experience of dating, oh, man, I really do hate that concept because it's so demeaning, of course, right? It's true. We Today, when we have so many options, it's so easy to fall into the swipe left or right because you look good or you don't look good and completely 100% rejected for stupid reasons too. yes yes and you're not getting to know person off the bat for these in these choices you're not getting to know the actual person you're basing it maybe as superficially as just their profile picture if not their whatever they're saying in their profile you know and it's created kind of a shallow culture again 
not saying that that's everybody online. There are some very meaningful relationships that have yeah. formed out of a meeting online. But it, it, it again, we keep coming back to what do you do next? Yeah. And if you're meeting people, like, are you really giving them that chance to get to know them instead of just rejecting them after the first date or you may not even get to that first date. Yeah. Really. And you're, what are you basing that off of? And it's good to remember, you know, like she said, even if the date doesn't go well, you can still be grateful for it because they still gave you their time and there's something that you can still learn from it. And, uh, that is something that I have had to think a lot about and reflecting just being single and, Mm -hmm. you know, why does God have me in this stage right now? It's got to be for some reason, <laughs> or, yeah. or there's got to be something that I can find from it and some lesson that I can get from it. Yeah, I think that's really hard to do, obviously, in the immediate when a relationship fizzles, like, I don't want to be thankful about anything about you and just being disgruntled. But even in the context outside of a romantic relationship, you have people that pass in and out of your life, you know, they're there for a season, for whatever reason. And we can be grateful for the lessons that we've learned, not just of learning who they are, but who we are and what we gel with, you know. And in that sense, you can also even be excited to have those experiences and be grateful that it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. It's it's so, so easy to get into that bitterness and get stuck in that trap of, oh, well, like nothing ever goes right. Nobody likes me and... Uh, blah 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 Uh, God hates me Mm -hmm. God wants me to be alone and die alone Uh in a sea of cats (laughs) but when you look at it like God is continually teaching us things because he loves us yes and he's giving us what we need at that moment and sometimes what we need to know is that this situation needs to end because it's not viable even though we think it might be Yeah, and in a lot of ways, too, you know, there's God teaching us to be relationship with him. Yeah. You know, and we can date the wrong person for a really long time because we're not right with God, in a sense. And obviously, this is talking to a very specific audience, you know, that's not going to work in the secular world, necessarily. But I think the lesson, even outside of a religious context, is who are you? Who do you know you yourself to be? And if you're not standing on your own set of convictions and fundamental truths, then how are you going to be in relationship and be your own person? And if you you don't want to be absorbed into another person, that is not a relationship. That's somebody, you know, lording over you. And truly, you're not your own person. That doesn't make a relationship. That makes a dictatorship in a sense. And you get into emotional abuse or worse, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the the takeaway really is about being grateful for where you are in life and being wise about your choices and who you choose to marry or be in relationship with in general, but taking those lessons and the hardest part is not being embittered yeah. when it ends, yeah. if it ends. I think all of us are still wounded by whatever past relationships we've been in, but to combat that is to be really grateful for who you are. Because it's so easy for me to be like, I regret all those relationships and I wish I never met them, but I may not have come to the point now where I have truly appreciated who I'm with now yeah, or been the person that I needed to be to be in the relationship that I am in now. 
So those are hard pills to swallow because you don't want to be grateful for the people that were mean to you, you know, and you don't, you don't have to be grateful for them specifically, but be grateful that you're out of that experience, that you've had that to become who God inevitably is trying to form you to be. And, and lastly, when she was giving advice to, to singles, you know, just about communication, being authentic in their emotional sharing. Yeah. I think that's really good for all, all relationships, romantic or otherwise. And not avoiding issues and just kind of, yeah. like, it, I, I, I like her point that it's easier to address it when it's early on rather mm-hmm. than later on, because then you end up stewing and then you end up with this really solid negative belief mm-hmm. that's really extreme of like you never do this or you never do that yeah and then when you get entrenched in that belief it's harder to change yeah so just the fact that she brought up both having honest sharing both positive and negatives and the sooner that you address the issue it's it's harder for you to come back and, and say like oh you've been letting this stew for a week or a month or a year no let's deal with this now because I care about you that much mm-hmm. like I don't want it to build into this thing where it becomes something negative or, or something that gets driven in between our relation into our relationship and drives us apart but authentic emotional sharing which includes words of affirmation of why am I grateful for this person and letting them know I think that's important too. Mm-hmm. So for our Bible verse, to wrap things up, Mash? Yeah, so I'm going to read this often controversial passage, but we really like it. Um, it's Ephesians uh, 15, 5. It's Ephesians 5, 15 to 33. And we like it because we think it speaks well to gratitude uh, and the marriage relationship. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Why be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is? And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord of the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. I know not everyone is going to agree with these words. I mean, submit to your husband. I mean, I, I get it. I get that contextually in 2016, this might be something that people have problems with. Yeah. But we wanted to bring it up more as in it starts about submitting one to another. Yeah. And I think... And imitating Christ. And, and imitating Christ in that regard, you know, he gave his life for the church. And in that same way, 
you know, God talks about our love for one another by basically sacrificing for one another, laying our lives down for one another. And that's how people will know we're his servants and we're his, we're his children. And I love that, whether it's in a marriage context. I know this passage specifically was about that, but just in loving one another just every as everyday people you know in our friendships and submitting to each other and wanting what's better for the other person more than what I want for myself which I have to admit that's hard for me to do too because you know even especially as a single it's like I've been living my 34 years now as a single how am I gonna share my life with somebody and not be selfish because I've been so out of practice But again, of course, that's not true. We have friends. We have family. Of course, we have been practicing it in a sense. And it's just coming back to that. When you get into romantic relationship, I think it's it's like, no, this is not hard. Kind of, if you're any, you have, if you're a person of any decency, of course, there are people in your life that you have sacrificed for and you have served and you wanted more than their happiness, more than your own. Or well, not. I think it's simple, but it is it's hard. It's really hard. Yes. I mean, I mean it's, it's, true. it's easily it's understood true. on an intellectual level, but it is difficult. It is difficult because we're human and yeah. we're flawed and we want what we want and we want it now. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to end with another Ephesians verse. I really love this one. It's not blatantly talking about gratefulness, but I think that it speaks to kindness that I think is inherent in being grateful. So Ephesians 4, 31 31- to 33 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And I love that little caveat at the end was, as God in Christ forgave you. It's like, he's done this for you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, sub- and the subtext, of course, it's like, I've done this for you. Be you need to you be grateful because look what I did for you while we were yet enemies. I still loved you. I still sacrificed my son on your behalf for you to ransom you and we are bought for a price. And I think it's so easy to forget about that when we're being ungrateful. Mhm. Totally. So to end, as we always do, do you have one? I have no real life dating moment. So, and I don't feel like pulling one out of the archives. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, it's okay. So, I, because I, um, I don't even remember in what month my last date was. Like, it was sometime between, like, August and October. Okay. But since then, I've kind of given up on online dating, and I'm just not, I just felt like it was a waste of time. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> I just feel like that's funny in context of gratefulness. <laughs> I'm very grateful for the opportunities God has given me to increase in patience. <laughs> or to increase in saying no right. to, cre- yeah. to creepy men. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying that out of bitterness. Like, I mean, it, it has taken me a long time to get to a place that's not bitter. But now, at this point in my life, I'm like, kind of too busy to go on any more of those dead dates that I know mm-hmm. are not going to go regress to anything Mm -hmm. and so now I just would rather focus on the stuff in my life that is life-giving is life-giving yeah that's great 
Well, my real life dating moment is uh, has to do with someone I dated, and we used to go to my one of my best friend's houses for um, for dinner, and you know we'd hang out there. She'd cook for us, and uh, there there was a point in our relationship we were dating for a couple months, and she would just kind of point out like you know he's never said thank you to mm. to me uh, you know for doing all this stuff and and of course she's not the type to like be they be thankful like yeah. I demand it you know it was just an observation because you know she was looking out for me and of course I was so in love I was just like I'm blind to everything that's flawed about <laughs> him and of course we're all flawed right let's be real but it's just something that when she told me, I was starting to notice that about yeah. our relationship. And it's not that he would ever say thank you about things. But, but was, he also had a kind of attitude of, um, well, the entitlement, I would say. I think so. And, yeah, I don't want to get too much into bitterness. Um, I've moved on. But it, it was just something that Sarah was mentioning. I think it's good to talk about or to think about the disposition yeah. that somebody has and how are they in their natural state. You know, we talked about the server and the mother. Mm -hmm. Like, how are these men or women treating those two? You know, Um, are they truly grateful for the woman that's raised them? And are they truly grateful for the person that's serving them in this menial, supposedly, job? Which I actually love asking my servers names and just kind of giving that extra, like, I recognize that you're doing this thing for me and I'm grateful. Anyway... So that's my real-life dating moment. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. This has been Episode 8 of Fishers of Men, a podcast about relationships and your walk with Jesus. Today you heard from Dr. Sarah Schnitker of Fuller Theological Seminary. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, as always, please email us at fishersofmenpodcast at gmail.com or on our website at www.fishersofmenpodcast.com. We are also on Facebook under Fishers of Men and on Twitter as at LA Gone Fishing. Please rate and make comments on iTunes, as we would love to be recognized by iTunes as new and noteworthy. We'd also love to hear about your real-life dating moments. Feel free to send us a two-minute story about your experience. I'm Lars Mara. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. Until next time, keep swimming. This podcast was made possible by the support of Project Launch in Burbank, California. Project Launch bridges the gap between their clients and their customers through face-to-face direct sales and consulting. Go to www.projectlaunchinc.com for more information. Thank you.